When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is man, he is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the mini bar. Smarties and the Kit Kats, thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Ah, yes, it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show, uh, the RP Show, coming your way from South Florida, one half of us, uh, the other in Tirana, the big smoke. Darren Moose Dupont joining us from the Game Plus television headquarters in, uh, what did you say was the trendy area of Toronto? I'm, I'm not up on my Toronto geography. So- what is it? Give me one second here. So Liberty Village, that's that's the right. area they said, new trendy. Um, and that's where the Game Plus control room is. And that's where everybody is down there. I'll say hello, and I'm sorry I'm not there. They say Toronto's the center of the universe, but this is the center of the center of the universe. Like this is the corporate offices at Maple Leaf Square. These are the photos I sent you today. So we're at Maple Leaf Square, cool. right outside Scotiabank Arena and right at the waterfront here. So very cool spot. Nice spot. All right. We'll say hey to everybody there for me. So, yeah, it's not like <laughs> people think that we just come on and blab sports every day, and we actually do, but there is a little bit of planning behind it. So our crew was talking over the weekend, and we're going we're gonna to focus a little more National Hockey League and Canadian Football League because it is Canada after all. And I want to tell you tonight in the National Hockey League, there are six games. Bruce Cassidy makes his return to Boston. Uh, He comes in with the Vegas Golden Knights to take on the number one team in the NHL, his Bruins, who are now coached by Jim Montgomery. That's, well, you would think the game of the night. Every game's the game of the night, depending on the market, right? The St. Louis Blues are at the New York Rangers tonight. Colorado is at Philadelphia. The Flyers are clearly who we thought they were. Ovi and the Washington Capitals skate into Edmonton. Alberta's alive with the sound of hockey tonight. The Arizona Coyotes are at <laughs> Calgary. And from, from what I understand, the Coyotes, apparently it's retro-reverse for both teams tonight. That's what I'm hearing. Can somebody tell me if that's true? That will be worth tuning in. Arizona and Calgary wearing their reverse retros tonight. And then Montreal to Vancouver. That is a wonderful spate of hockey games there, my friend. Uh, we should take this moment to tell you that the Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question is this. It's day five of our NHL reverse retro jersey bracket. And today's question is, who's got the better reverse retro out of these two teams? The Dallas Stars or the Minnesota Wild? 
and have a good long look at him. And I want you to really think about this before you press the button. Because I've misvoted a couple. I've misfired a couple of times, Darren. And I'm starting to get into this. I told you that I didn't care about the jerseys before. But you look at that, and it just tells you that the Minnesota North Stars have the lockdown on the coolest jerseys, period. They just do. The coolest retros. Um, but I don't like the fact that the Wild has their jersey, their logo on the green and gold jersey. Um, but the Dallas Stars would own it, that old stylized N. So if we can bring the moose back in, you can vote on that. Last I saw, the Minnesota Wild were leading by, it was 52% of the vote. And I think it's just because the fans love the green and gold. But we love that North Star N more than anything. Yeah. But it's Dallas that owns it. So anyways, it's... It's fun to talk about, and I guess are you you follow, I think, a lot of the same social media accounts as me. Like, the fans are really getting swept up in this. It's, it's fun to watch. It's fun. It's better than fighting on Twitter about Trump and Biden and Trudeau. <laughs> Don't you think? Way better. Way better. And yeah. they're getting into it. And I look at this, and I was saying before you came on at the beginning of the show that that Dallas Star jersey, that's Darian Hatcher, Mike Madano, Dana Zubris, Joe Newendike. That's the Stanley Cup jersey right or that era with that logo and everything so cool and if i'm minnesota there was two things that should have happened either they got to ask dallas for permission in the retros to use that n or if dallas owns it they should put it on the retro jersey and be the minnesota north stars for a day and shove it down the wild's throat i think that would be pretty cool <laughs> for the little rivalry have some fun but i voted dallas and i think on twitter dallas was winning by a little bit YouTube Minnesota is winning. So you and I might have to like count the votes at the end of the day. A count back. We might have to have a count back. I knew. And of course I watched these two teams yesterday. This is what we were talking about an hour ago. I was like, what a fantastic hockey game and shout out to Allie in Texas, who, uh, as she said, she's sick of the football culture in Texas. And that's why she comes to this show every day. Cause she loves the NHL talk uh, as do we. But I just want to say something about third jerseys. I don't know. Maybe I'll get time. The Panthers are home Thursday and Sunday night, so maybe I'll get time to chat with their people about who designed these jerseys. But I will, I will guarantee you it's not the NHL. It has to be the individual teams. And unless things change, but overall, things don't really change. And when we came up with the third jersey with the Rough Riders back in the day, the neon green with the, like the watermelon colors and the wheat sheaf, we were so proud. We were so proud to wear those. And when I say that, I say we as the players, me being one of them. And then so many people crapped all over them. And that was like 20, what would it have been? Do we even know? Oh, eight, nine, 10, right around there. Yeah. Not 11, maybe 2011, but a long time ago, over 10 years. And it like, it hurt. I mean, I was a different, I was a different person back then. And I probably, speaking of hurt feelings, before we move on to the other topics here in hour two, we should address for a second what Cody Fajardo said last hour. Clearly, you were riveted to the interview like everybody else. And across the CFL, the people were. That number one, the team has not, they have not spoken, he and the Rough Riders, since the end of the season. And two, the way the season ended hurt his feelings. He's being honest about that. He's going to be ripped apart for that too, obviously. But, but what was your take on the interview? He just wants to know, right? Like all of us. We just want to know where we're headed, what we're doing, what the future looks like. Are we moving on? Are we coming back? Are we doing this thing? What does the future hold? That's what we want to know. And that's all Cody wants to know. 
He wants to know if he's going to be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. He wants to know if he's going to hit free agency, who we might be playing with, what, what his options are for next year. Because he needs to make decisions for himself and his family and be in the mindset as he's entering his offseason about what am I playing for here? What am I training for? Who am I training to be with? You know, like last offseason, he was throwing around with Shaq Evans and they were getting together for offseason workouts. Should he do that? Should he pick up the phone and call Shaq? He might not even be playing with him next year. So I think at the end of the day, you just want to know. And when there's a lot of hurt in the back, sometimes you just got to have the hard conversation and deal with it. And find out where you stand so you can move forward. Well, who knows? Somebody wrote in here earlier. We have not even addressed what is the hottest topic really in the CFL is the fact that four, maybe five, potentially six candidates to be the offensive coordinator of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have turned them down. I, I had a text last night that Pete Costanza, the Argonauts receivers coach, hadn't told the Riders yet, but he was going to inform them that he's not interested or he's pulling his name. So so somebody wrote in here and said, well, they don't even know who their offensive coordinator is yet. Maybe they want to wait to make that higher before they talk with Cody. Who knows? Um, tough stuff for Cody to deal with. I've got people writing me here saying what a nice guy he, what a great guy he is. And he is all that, but it don't matter. It do not matter to Ryder fans or for that matter, most fans in sports. They don't care whether you're nice or not. Did you win? You know, so that interview will be dissected, uh, I think, endlessly over the next 24, 48, 72 hours, depending what else comes up in the Canadian Football League. We'll come back around on this Nathan Rourke stuff for those that just tuned in, particularly you BC viewers, where we air on TELUS, Channel 924, across the beautiful province of British Columbia. Nathan Rourke, we understand, has four tryouts in the National Football League. And that's just getting started. We assume there will be more, right? Darren, uh, Las Vegas yeah. Raiders, Indianapolis Colts, Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings. I'll save you the time. Uh, I said to Darren, if he gets presented a contract, no matter for how much, by any one of these teams, does he sign? what should he do? And we both agreed that he should sign it. I'll spend a minute on the NFL here, and then we're going to move on to other things. But the Sunday night game, Malik Hooker returned a fumble 38 yards for a touchdown against his former team during a 33-point fourth quarter for the Dallas Cowboys, propelling them to a 54-19 route of the Indianapolis Colts. That was the most points in a quarter for Dallas since 1991, which incidentally is the first year I started cheering for the Dallas Cowboys. And um, that was obviously my highlight. We're not going to go deep on the National Football League moving forward. Uh, we did talk about the Dolphins' loss at San Fran last hour. But what what did the Titans do? Do I? What did they do? Did they cover? Oh, did luckily, they beat it? No, they got smoked. And luckily, I talked about ah. that off the top. A.J. Brown right. exercised the demons. So I don't need to talk about the Titans. We did that at the beginning. What was interesting about the Dolphins, okay. I know you mentioned it, that I don't think the Dolphins converted one third down in the entire game. And... It was a one-possession game with two minutes to go, or around the two-minute warning, you know, until it all broke loose at the end. So Miami hung in despite not being able to get anything going. This will be a much-needed bump in their radar, like in their road, because now they know what they need to address, and they've got some real concerns to address, and they'll, they'll address them. Mike McCarthy or Mike McDaniels will address them, and I think they'll be a better team for it. It was interesting. We were discussing... I don't mind divulging this at all. You, me, and our peeps talking about the future of the show, the direction, and the content. And as I sit here and look at the two of us right now, 
it is very similarly, pardon the interruption. And when we started this show four years ago, what was it? And it wasn't planned, but it was Sports Center meets David Letterman meets Howard Stern. It was all those things wrapped up into one. It was great. And it's changed to this now. And I was saying to Serena, like literally everywhere you go, you see Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser up on the television somewhere. I'm like, there's got to be room in Canada for this. If these two guys that have been around for 100 years, and they're both awesome, can sit and talk American sports, I think we can talk about uh, Canadian sports. And that's the focus of this show. Um, that's where we're at, and I like it. And I know you do, too. Um, it was Rick Sowatsky who wrote in earlier. He's in Martinsville. And for one, he says, I would think the Riders are waiting to fill their offensive coordinator position before moving on to a quarterback. He goes, does who they hire have a bearing on your decision? Yeah, because they talk about everything. And they should. You would hope. I shouldn't say that. They should talk about everything. Successful organizations do do that. And Rick votes, by the way, for the Dallas Retro jersey. Your mom texts in, Darren. Paula. She says, awesome interview with Cody. What a nice guy. Great show, as always. So we have the voter support from Dalla, uh, Paula DuPont. Janice Owen, watching in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, writes in and says, thanks for having Cody on. He's only second behind doubles as my favorite rider quarterback. Wilf in Steinbach, Manitoba, is watching on Game Plus Television, where we're carried in that beautiful province by Bell MTS Cable. Wilf says regarding these scoring streaks, and I want to get back on this. Thank you, Wilf, for getting us on point. He said, regarding scoring streaks, they're interesting, but a little short of Gretzky's 51-game point streak. Probably <laughs> never be broken. Um, yeah, but did we think his goals record would be touched? Really? Or his points record? I mean, I think at one time, and the stats nerds can correct me, I think he had 56 records in the NHL record book, Wayne Gretzky. I think it's 56 <laughs> records. So he could afford to let a few fall. But yeah, these guys, um, and, and I just mentioned Jason Robertson and Mitch Marner. There are other guys, and there's teams. Seattle was on a seven-game win streak till Florida went in there and smashed them the other night. I, what's with this, the streaks? That's the thing this year. A couple of years ago, it was sending the puck out of play. Now it's streaks, and I think it's really cool. It is cool. It is. And there's streaks all over the place. There's big winning streaks. There's big losing streaks. There's up and down point streaks. This is going to be maybe the year of the streaks. So let's see how long they go. I hope at least one of them, uh, Marner or Robertson, continues on past that game. That is the game of the night and tomorrow. And by the way, Allie uh, writes in. She, she says she's already nervous for it. Those games again tonight. I got to say this. Bruce Cassidy takes the Vegas Golden Knights into Boston. And I I would not add, I mean, I haven't gone through a whole lot more different than anybody else, but I've, in sports or life, but I have gone through it. So I'm just, I think about, you know, when Matthew Kachuk went into the Saddledome last week, I knew how he'd be feeling going in there. I know what it's like going in someplace where things didn't end well, doesn't feel good. Bruce, um, and it happens for a lot of teams. Look what Cody's going through here now. I know what it's like to be shown the door and lit on fire. You do survive, but didn't feel very good. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, what's he thinking tonight going in with Boston? If I check the standings, whether they're number one in the West or not, they're close, Vegas. 
versus the number one team in the whole NHL, Boston. What do you think he's thinking tonight, Moose? Well, I think he's thinking that, look at, I'm doing pretty well for myself. And clearly he's not thinking you missed out because they've got a pretty good coach in Boston in their first place. And you can't argue that. So he can't be in there and be like, you guys shouldn't have gotten rid of me because clearly Boston made a good move because they got even better. But Bruce is going in there being like, I'm a good hockey coach. No matter what you wanted to say last year by letting me go, I'm a good hockey coach. And I think he, everybody wants to beat their old team. Always. Right? So it'll be fun. I like that. And they're going to be really polite in the media because that's who Bruce Cassidy is. But he'll secretly really want to leave his mark on that game. Well, and we'll break and come back and continue more of this. And I appreciate everybody's um, input in this. If, I, if he wrote it, I missed it. Our friend Ryan in Saratoga, New York, who is the biggest Devils fan that I know. He's been pumping their tires all year on their train, and he has to because he's their fan. But look at them. It's the Devils, the number one overall team in the NHL. It's not Boston anymore. And who literally saw that coming other than Devils fans? But I'll, you know, we didn't see that coming. But I do advise people to back off the ledge. Like, look at the Winnipeg Jets fans and where they were and where they were on Rick Bonus. remember? Oh, Barry Trotz doesn't want to coach here, so we got Bonus. He's, he's, he's a sloppy second. Or look, what, look what he's doing. You know what? Like, just pump the brakes. I know nobody's going to listen to me, but if one of you does, I will have accomplished my goal. We'll be right back. Darren <laughs> Bombing is on the way. It's the RP Show Game Plus TV. YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back on the RP Show, and... I was hoping somebody would bring this up, and it's our guy Pinks who has. A lot of people came for the Cody Fajardo interview and stayed. They like what's going on here. Thank you. See you back here every day, 11 a.m. Central on the RP Show, Game Plus TV, WQEE, where you can listen live or maybe the podcast or where you're at. The Moose is with us. He's in Toronto. He is at the headquarters of Anthem Sports. You see Game Plus television right over his shoulder, the... uh, television network that airs us across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Moose, we, in, this came up, and we did not address this on the show yet. Pinks refers to Jack Edwards, the voice of the Boston Bruins. He says, uh, will Jack Edwards have something very nice to say about Bruce Cassidy tonight? Now, I don't know if they got a history or not. I don't. But I kind of wonder why some people get away with things and others don't. And, and I just was informed about this on the weekend. Jack Edwards, the voice of the Bruins, made the joke about Patrick Maroon's weight of the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
And we know that he has a distasteful nickname with regards to his weight, Pat Maroon. It's, it's sad when a grown man has to go through this, let alone a little kid, grown woman, anybody, you know? Did, what, what was your take? It was something about how he uh, was up a couple pizzas or something like that. Had you yeah. heard this? I saw it. Oh, I saw it. And, and it was. It was about, you know, his diet and that he's a little overweight. I mean, he did try and save it at the end by saying, well, who are we to argue? He's won three Stanley Cups, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't good. And Jack Edwards, I don't know if he's ever addressed it. I haven't seen him address it. I don't know if he's he talked about it yet. Okay. Yeah. So at least he did that. But it, there's no place for that, right? For fat shaming somebody, whether they're a professional hockey player making millions of dollars or not, um, there's never a place to do that. Doesn't mean you can't have criticism or poke a little fun, but it wasn't just a one-off little joke. It wasn't a one-off. Like Pat Maroon said, he gets joked in the locker room and he's built a little bit of a, a personality around it or whatever. Like I get it, but this wasn't just a one-off. This was in the middle of the play in front of millions pointing it out. It was, it was not great. Guy battles weight issues, and here's the voice of an NHL team making fun of it. I don't get it. I don't get it, but I'll never get it. <laughs> I think about why some people get away with things and others don't. Uh, the bar flies watching. I think the bar flies is in Winnipeg. It says Bruins play-by-play guys are the most team-biased in sports, and they're routinely voted in that athletic poll they do. Uh, the worst play-by-play crew in the National Hockey League, the Bruins TV guys. But I've watched the games, and I see him ripping the refs, and I'm like, how on earth does he get away with this? Only because if I said the smallest thing about officiating in my time, I was called into the office, given 40 lashes. What the hell is going on with him? He doesn't care? you know? No, he's, and he's, he's getting called into the yeah. office, too. That's the side of it mm-hmm. is, is if you looked at, you know, the, the tweets that got sent around after the Pat Maroon commentary, it was ugly. And unfortunately, I think, you know, you look at those backroom meetings when you get slapped on the wrist for things you say, the public never sees those. They never, they never come out. It's all dealt with in private and you never really know what somebody else has to put up with in, in, a, in a workplace. And so I imagine Jack Edwards has had a few of those meetings, whether it's with the radio station or the TV station or the, uh, the, the Boston Bruins organization. From Safe Moon Dog, that is an account watching on YouTube, says, didn't you guys call out Jack Edwards a couple weeks ago? RP show ahead of the game. No, it was Jack Michaels. And tr- that's the voice of the Oilers. And trust me, I am not going to be the media watchdog of play-by-play guys. I am not. They're there. I'm not. It it didn't look good. But I was particularly offended watching an Oilers game just a couple of weeks ago. I think I was in Calgary, and Jack Michaels made a joke. I was, because it was during the Canadian Finals Rodeo, which was going on down the highway in Red Deer, and Jack Michaels made a joke about the movie Eight Seconds, where bull rider Lane Frost was killed. And I made a note of it in my column. How do you make a joke about somebody dying and a movie being made about it? Like a... And again, maybe Jack was brought in and told, no, but there was no apology issue that I saw. So I don't get it. Pink says, Amazing by the way, at what point? Eight seconds, of course. 
Oh. Uh, Pink says, by the way, at what point does Nesson pull the plug on Edwards? He has had multiple comments that have got him in trouble. Well, I know that he's been suspended. I know that he, the Bruins guy, has been suspended, but at some point you need to learn. By the way, a lot of people just tuned in. Our focus moving forward for now, as long as us squirrels can stay on point, is National Hockey League and Canadian Football League, and it largely always was. But it's very hard to be here in South Florida and not get wrapped up in college football. And quite frankly, with the CFL being done, I, am, I don't want to sit here and talk about the carousel, the coaching carousels. Mind you, I see the Ottawa Red Blacks have named Baron, uh, Baron Miles their defensive coordinator today. So there's that. If there's news, we'll say it. But to talk about the will they or won't they, I'm not here for that. College football is dang exciting. And I know it rates pretty low. It really does on Canadian sports fans' menu. But I will just say this. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State were selected Sunday to play in the college football playoff, giving the Big Ten multiple programs in the four-team field for the first time. Again, for those that aren't following it that closely, Georgia, which aired on WQEE, this radio station on Saturday. What was it, 50 to 30? Ryan O'Radio? I think they beat LSU. I was watching it on TV, and I had it on. uh, I was live streaming the audio, too. So Georgia, Michigan, your team, TCU, the alma mater of Reggie the Reaper Hunt, and the Ohio State Buckeyes will go to the semifinals for all of college football. Uh, But that doesn't mean that my Alabama Crimson Tide have been shut out. Here's the six Bulls games for New Year's. will feature the Orange Bowl, Tennessee versus Clemson, December 30th. The Sugar Bowl, featuring my Alabama Crimson Tide versus Kansas State. Roll Tide. Wait a minute, that's Texas. Hashtag Roll Tide. (laughs) Tulane versus USC in the Cotton Bowl on January 2nd. And Utah versus Penn State in the Rose Bowl, January 2nd. I throw that out because you know what's going to happen. Canadians are going to be sitting around the television on those days with their pants undone. Half drunk eggnog, and they're going to go, oh, Rod was talking about this. You know that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen, and we're all going to be here for it. And it's going to be, it's, it's the holiday tradition to flip on a bowl game. And, you know, lo and behold, when, you know, you've ate all the food and you've drank all the eggnog and the pretzel bowl's getting low, and it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night. There's always a game on on the West Coast or Hawaii's playing in a bowl game late at night. And it's yeah, just starting. Yeah, and you watch it. And you, can, and you watch it. You drift off to sleep in the third quarter on the couch. And it's perfect. Yeah, and I will say this, man. Died in the wool hockey guy. I'm not going to pretend to be like the football guys down here because they're real. They would sniff me out in a second. They think it's pretty cool that I worked in the CFL for 20 years, but I never played the game. I never stepped on the gridiron, so we're good. Um, you know, back to where we all started this. So I never did a, uh, a I never did criticize football officials, and I can swear by that. If they're watching right now, they would they would say no, Rod never did because I never did that job either, and I wasn't comfortable in doing it. But in hockey, I played, ref, coached. You know, that way we're good. But when I spoke at the Canadian Football Officials Association banquet, one of them came up and thanked me. He was like, he's so funny. He's like, literally, thanks for not crapping all over us like everybody else. And I didn't (laughs) have the heart to tell him why I don't. 
says, I don't feel confident doing it, so no. Uh, by the way, in theaters now, Violent Night at your nearest landmark cinemas. When a team of mercenaries breaks into a wealthy family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone inside hostage, the team isn't preparing, isn't prepared for a surprise combatant, Santa Claus, played by David Harbour. He's on the grounds, and he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. Violent Night. This better be a comedy. If this is a violent show, my mom once called CTV Regina because there's a Christmas show where, like, some movie Santa Claus in a parade dropped a wreath and pulled out a machine gun and started shooting people. My mom called CTV. (laughs) She's like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's Judy for you. The Jude. Um, I'd have to mention this. NLL opening weekend, National Lacrosse League opening weekend. I want to mention it because we are fans. Halifax beat Philadelphia 18-8, and that one was on TSN Friday night featured game. I was watching that streaming, by the way, and Halifax was scoring it well. Toronto beat Vancouver 19-8. San Diego beat New York 15-14. Albany beat Buffalo 11-10. Our Georgia Swarm, hashtag... The Georgia Swarm, which is a uh, suburb of Atlanta, Duluth, Georgia, they lost 16-11 to Rochester. And the Saskatchewan Rush, I don't know where this came from. They had their way with the defending champions, Colorado Mammoth, 18-6. What do you know about that game? I, th- I think it's a Jimmy Quinlan effect. He's got the range Five all to himself. You know, and uh, unbelievable. Great way to start uh, the season. and. Uh, I think the Russia back. Good. Russia, Russia. It's rush hour. Uh, in Edmonton, Placeline, Edmonton, the Regina Pats attack was on full display Sunday afternoon as they closed out their trip out west with a convincing 8-2 win over the Edmonton Oil Kings at Rogers Place. During their six-game roadie, the Queen City kids went 5-1, and one, and in Sunday's game, Connor Bedard scored his 27th goal of the season and tied his career high with five points. Again, the future here of this show's National Hockey League, Canadian Football League, Connor Bedard's going to be in the National Hockey League in a calendar year, less than a calendar year. I'm sure in Toronto his name hasn't come up, or has it come up? Has it come no, up? It's I'm sure it up. has. Oh, yeah. It's coming up in this town, too. Um, they're paying a lot of attention to what the young phenom's doing. And now the sports networks are even more, too. You're seeing it on the highlights and on their social media. Connor Bedard is uh, making his mark. Well, we're following it very closely. That's the one difference between this show and a lot of the others that you'll see in daytime sports. We're not going to sit and belabor and beat. We're not going to feed a dead horse. Feet a fed horse. Darren, whatever the (laughs) hell it is. Uh, Feet a dead Um, horse, too. Doesn't matter. We're not going to feed a fed horse here. You've uh, got my thoughts on Connor Bedard. He should be traded for whatever reason he's not. And uh, we'll move on. How about this one? Ted in Red Deer says, RP, you're down on Game Plus in Red Deer. And then says, wait, now you're back. LOL. Yeah. Like I'm Jim Carrey, the cable guy. Cable guy? <laughs> like I can do something about it. I like it. Hang on. I just, no, I can't. 
Why? Let me go check. Let me go check the feed. It's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Leave the show? Yeah. <laughs> Wayne in BC says that movie doesn't sound like it'll be a Christmas classic. Well, go check it out for yourself and tell me. What was it? Violent. Violent night. It does not sound like an eggnog-worthy kids show. No. <laughs> Landmark cinema. Hey, at least we're getting the word out there for him. That's all you can ask. Mm, Moose, do we have Darren bombing? Is he ready to rock? Okay. Moose, we'll see you back here for overtime. See ya. Okay. Really big day. Cody Fajardo last hour. A lot of fun NHL, CFL, NFL talk this hour. Actually, everything, huh? NLL, junior hockey, NFL, college football playoff. But NHL.com's Darren Bombing from Winnipeg joins us next from Bonfire Sports. It is the RP Show on Game Plus TV, your favorite podcast platform, YouTube Live and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show, episode number 896 of your favorite live Daytime sports talk show, Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, podcast platform, and your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Keeping the party rolling, um, Darren Bombing covers the Jets for NHL.com, the Blue Bombers, and all of Winnipeg sports for Bonfire Sports. He joins us for the Manitoba Capitol today. Lots to unpack with Bomber. Um, let's bring him in. What's up, DB? How are you, brother? It's been far too long. Roddy, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, great Cup week was exhausting but exhilarating. And, um, you know, now into hockey season uh, full force here in Winnipeg. It was a pretty good hockey club. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly so almost. Clark, do we have issues with the audio with Darren, or is that just me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something has glitched. We'll be right back. Well, I can hear you, Clark. Sorry. Uh, 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 pardon me. While we do that, let me just fire up the text line. If any of you people in Winnipeg want to send us a text message, 902-518-3033. Questions for Bomber. Or for that matter, Calgary. <laughs> Dougal Cameron is watching on Game Plus television out there in Cowtown, and he says, Hi, Rod. Love U.S. college football and the USC Trojans. Great organization on and off the field. Used to get their game tickets printed in Canada. True story. Yes, Dougal, you told me. I know that that's your business. Did they not lose Friday night, though? They did, right, to Utah? Anyways, I think we got him now. Bomber, sorry about that, dude. It was not terrible, but we can make it out now. I don't know what it was. The Jets. Go. (laughs) Did you expect this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, it seems like the power of Rick Bonus and his new message and his new systems here in Winnipeg have really started to show. Um, last night, the Winnipeg Jets came down 2 nothing. They scored five unanswered goals, three in the third period, and were able to beat a, a team that has really been struggling this year in the Anaheim Ducks. A couple nights earlier, they allowed Patrick Laine 
to light him up on a place, you know, on a sheet of ice where Line has, has done a lot of damage in his career when he was a member of the Winnipeg Jets. But that team a couple nights ago was listless. The effort wasn't there. It wasn't consistent. What did Rick Bonus do following a 5-2 win last night in Winnipeg? He said, I'm not a babysitter. These guys get paid to show up. And preparing them is on me, the head coach. But them, their passion for the game, you can't play this game without passion. That was the message from Rick Bonus following a 5-2 win for a team that is vying for first place in a ridiculously competitive central division. It's a great thing to see a coach put up or shut up. And even when his team comes away with a victory, say, it wasn't good enough, we need to be better. So fascinating how tomorrow night, Tuesday here in Winnipeg, Rod, we're going to see Winnipeg's most recent head coach. Of course, Dave Lowry was the interim for the second part of last season, but it's the return of Paul Maurice with the Florida Panthers, who are a team that has been very, very good over the last couple NHL seasons, maybe not as dominant in the regular season as they have been, but it's going to be fascinating to uh, see that, you know, um, uh, the yin and the yang that was Paul Maurice and the players maybe running things in the locker room a little bit more to Rick Bonus and having those players much more accountable for their performance on a game to game basis. Dude, this is why you are one of the best in the land. I just looked at it and shame on me as Florida at Winnipeg, end of a long road trip for the Panthers. The Jets will be favored handily. I. I hadn't stopped to think about Pomo's return to Canada Life Center. So how do we expect that to go? You've been around the guy a long time. Um, how? What do you think he's thinking going in there? Yeah, I, I mean, who, who knows what's actually going through his mind. What we do know about Paul Maurice is that he is one of the most charismatic, engaging speakers to the media and even on a personal, you know, one-to-one basis uh, in the entire National Hockey League. He has been a coach since he was in his 20s, 28 years old, when, you know, uh, injury didn't allow him to, to continue his, uh, his playing career. Um, or 28 is when he, you know, uh, had his first NHL job. Um, and, you know, he's really kind of developed into somebody that continues to find opportunities. He is one of the longest tenured coaches in NHL history. He is amongst the NHL all-time coaching leaders for wins. He's also got more losses than any other coach in NHL history. And that's just, I think, a result of his longevity and, and, you know, maybe being uh, in charge of some teams that were a little bit meddling at times. But he has shown the ability to get a lot of good out of his clubs. He has gotten teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's, uh, you know, developed... Uh, personalities and leadership in locker rooms that I I don't know if other coaches could. The reality is, at least from my perspective, and I'll be honest with you, Rod, the perspective of many, many watching closely here in Winnipeg is that Paul Maurice lost the locker room in Winnipeg and that, you know, uh, the guys in the room were maybe steering the ship when the captain, and I mean the head coach, not the actual captain of the team, should be steering that ship. Uh, The first thing Rick Bonus did when he arrived in Winnipeg was assess the situation and take the captaincy away from Blake Wheeler, who has been the captain of this team for eight seasons. That's a big move for a guy that is the highest paid player on this team and clearly one of those, um, you know, veteran, uh, you know, emotional leaders inside the locker room. 
it's worked out relatively well. They didn't even give Wheeler an A. They gave that to Josh Morrissey, Adam Lowry, and, and Mark Shifley. Three individuals, I think, who are, are very deserving of a, a C in itself. But the dynamic has changed. The accountability has changed. And the systems, you talk about the product on the ice, has changed dramatically here in Winnipeg. They activate their defense. They're involved in the offensive part of the game. They rotate forwards back when, say, Josh Morrissey uh, or Neil Pionk engage into the offensive zone. Things are so much different, and we're seeing it pay dividends, not just in the win column, but also in the numbers that someone, say, like Josh Morrissey has been able to put up this year. They're already starting to call him Josh Norrissey here in Winnipeg, and and, uh, rightfully so. The offense uh, is now there to complement his strong defensive play. It, It really has been a huge shift Rod, uh, from the Winnipeg Jets of the last number of seasons to the Winnipeg Jets as we see them today. Having Paul Maurice come here to face them head-to-head tomorrow night will be fascinating. I don't know what's going through Paul Maurice's head, but he's probably going to see a very different Winnipeg Jets team than the one, you know, he left 12 months ago. Different teams, save for Bones, getting upset over the last, at the last two games the loss to Columbus, and their start last night. So maybe they're creeping back into some old patterns. But John Ohm Ohm, writes in and says, Pomo versus Bones. Stay tuned, Winnipeg Jets fans. Is that the is that the marquee, man? Is there posters out there for these two? Is that that's the story of the game, right? Like they're talking about it already, obviously. Yeah, no question. No question. Because Paul Maurice did get this team to a conference final. And, you know, a lot of people think if they were able to beat the Vegas Golden Knights a couple seasons ago, that they would have won the Stanley Cup. Uh, However, that didn't happen. And uh, Paul Maurice, I think, was a polarizing figure amongst many, not a lot, like not, I would say most, but many fans here in Winnipeg. They didn't like the way he ran defensive systems. They didn't like, you know, some of the things that he did on the ice. Um, of course, it's only been 20 odd games for Rick bonus that, that, you know, uh, fans are fair weather in their opinions and maybe not at fair weather in, in how they support their team, but a passionate fan base here in Winnipeg, that conversation is always going to be sparked, but no doubt we have to remember Paul Maurice did something that few, if any head coaches do in professional sports. And that is step down from a job mid season. When's the last time a head coach quit on a team? Now, they maybe didn't frame it that way when Paul Maurice stepped down, but the reality is he said they need a different voice in the locker room. I'm not that voice. I'm going to step down and move on. Was that a PR move? Was that a, you know, a, uh, an optics move to say, you know, we, you know, no, we're not going to fire him, but Paul Maurice is going to step down. However you slice it up, he left the team midseason. He's now got an opportunity in the Eastern Conference. Well, we'll see how Florida does down the stretch. But yeah, no doubt people are going to be, um, you know, they're going to honor Paul Maurice on the Jumbotron Tuesday night at Canada Life Center in Winnipeg. No question. The Winnipeg Jets always do that. And it's an admirable thing um, when, when they do that for players and coaches and the rest. But no doubt there's going to be a little bit extra intrigue in this game for many fans that were either huge fans of Paul Maurice or critics of his. Darren, wonderful uh, hit and update. I appreciate it, man. All the best at NHL.com and Bonfire, and keep in touch. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. All the best to you guys. Darren Bombing joining us from Winnipeg. We'll be right back with overtime, putting a bow on all of the things, the great things we talked about here today. It is the RP Show 
On Game Plus Television, available all across Manitoba on Bell MTS Cable. We're also on YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's overtime. It's brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League. Before we bring the Moose back on, a sports update on this Monday. The Toronto Raptors try to extend their home win streak to four games as they host the Boston Celtics Monday night. Toronto coming off a 121-108 victory over the Orlando Magic on Saturday. The Celts are 8-2 in their last 10, and they lead the NBA's Eastern Conference at 19-5. and Here come the Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are home to the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Former Blue Jays slugger Fred McGriff was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame Sunday night. The first baseman, known as the Crime Dog, hit 493 home runs for six teams. He spent five of his 19 MLB seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays. He was with the Atlanta Braves for five seasons as well from 1993 to 1997. He's originally from Tampa, Florida. This sports update for Kinsman Telemiracle 47. We now have people driving into Saskatchewan to buy tickets. That's a fact. Because you got to be in Saskatchewan physically and 19 years of age or older to purchase tickets at telemiracle5050.com. But I appreciate you all appreciate you all for doing that. We'll be making the draw one week from Friday and the pool is at at least $100,000, the pot. Okay, as we bring the moose back in, if I may, Darren Moose DuPont, this doesn't mean anything for the radio listeners on WQEE, but how do you like the background and the colors and so? I love that Dolphins teal. How do you like the look today, man? You're the boss. It looks good. It looks good. You've got some great lighting today. Everything looks awesome, and it's good having the backdrop up. So uh, I'm a fan. Glad to hear it. Um, Colin in Ottawa writes in and he says, man, I'm not a soccer guy, but I love the pregame presentation for these major tournaments like the World Cup choreographed so well for TV. I laugh because I'm like, I'm not. I was happy Canada lost out. If we weren't going to win at all, then let's get this over with. And then USA lost on Sunday. I think it was to the Netherlands. So it's like you don't, you're not, you're not hearing it down here at all. What about your? Well, you're in Toronto, so maybe you are. What are you? What are you hearing up there about the? Oh, of course, Cup? yeah, hearing yeah. about it. It's populating my social media feeds like crazy. Um, so that's all really good. Um, I figured out why it's so popular. You know, we get this perception of the zero-zero game, and it's long and boring, and there's no scoring, and this is insane, but. They run 90 minutes straight time and they have a little 10 minute break in the middle and maybe a couple minutes of stoppage time. The games are fast. Like the games are done in two hours or less. And so of the major sports in the world, it's the fastest, shortest games. So now I'm understanding why it's so popular because the games don't drag out. It's not like baseball where you have a four hour game, but that was always my perception. It was like, I'm not going to watch no scoring here for four hours. But that's not the case. These games actually go by really fast, and I've learned that watching the World Cup this year. 
It's funny. Uh, Kirk Berseth is watching on YouTube. He writes and he says, why is no one talking about how good the Saskatoon blades are? That's a good question. You tell me. But when you talk about those fast games, I will say this. Um, do you remember? You may or may not remember. It was a long time ago when the Western Hockey League went to the fast face-off rule. And uh, I think all of hockey brought it in, but it was the, the linesman's at the dot, no matter which one, he blows the whistle, and within five seconds, he's dropping the puck. He's got five seconds to drop the puck. And it really sped the games up. As a matter of fact, it took him from two hours and 40 minutes to like two hours and 15 minutes. And I'll never forget sitting with Jack Brodsky, the former owner of the Blades, in the stands at the Brand Center, the Agrodome in Regina. I'm going, Jack, this might have been after I left the Pats, so anytime after 2010. I'm like, the games are too short now, Jack. I mean, I came to the rink for some entertainment, and it's over before I sit down. And he's like, we just made these changes to shorten the games. We're not going to turn around and lengthen them. <laughs> and I'm like, but, uh, but that's me. That's me in terms of I just want to be in the rink. You know, they used to complain about the CFL games being too long. And I remember Corey Chamberlain going, why, why would you want to go home from the football stadium? You know what I mean? Like, so can't please everybody, I guess. That's right. You can't. But, you know, they're trying. And I think keeping things moving, keeping it entertaining, that's it's always uh, really important. And that's what the sports are trying to do all the time. Yeah. And I, I kind of like, you know, we cracked the lid on this Monday with some changes. Changes to the look for me and you and a little more focused because we're going to be talking National Hockey League. Canadian Football League when it comes up. Last minute of play in the RP show. And um, I'm just not going to get going down the road of the World Cup in various fringe sports, I guess. It's like, do we have to wait another 36 years for Canada be, to be in this thing? I don't know. But it's the American way. I've always kind of felt that way. Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. And if we weren't going to the World Cup with the chance to win this whole thing, why are we going? And I, I know that's how the uh, lesser also-rans in the World Juniors feel. That's not right either. I don't like that position, Moose. I like having the hammer, right? That's right. <laughs> Got to do know? something about it so, now. All right. Safe travels. The Minnesota Wild are leading the retro reverse pool, by the way. Can you please vote for those Dallas Stars? But overall, I don't really care. The LA Kings are going to win them all. Thanks to Cody Fajardo, Darren Bombing, Clark for lining it up. Our whole crew, see you tomorrow, noon Eastern. McFly, hello. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Approved. I like it. Let's go. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.